Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. All right, how many of you believe that we need God in America? Come on. Make a little noise if you believe that. I'm telling you, there are no accidents with the Lord. Uh, we put together this Calvary Road Trip, this concept for this series, and we kind of mapped it out the, the way that we were going to, to go across America. And we had no idea that on the 4th, we would be in Washington, D.C. So I think God's got a plan. But today, I want to take a few minutes and talk to you about the greatest government of all. And it's not the government of men. It's not the Republican government, the Democratic government, or the government in America. It is the government of God. And how many of you believe that the government of God trumps the government of men and is over the government of men every single time? All right. So we're going to come from Isaiah 13. I'm going to read one verse. The people. Somebody say the people. Somebody shout the people. The people I have formed for myself, they shall show forth my praise. Now, if you ever took a civics class as an American, you're familiar with something called the Declaration of Independence. It was adopted July 4th, 1776. And it starts with three words. We, the people. Mm. And today I wanna talk to you, not just about the American Constitution, I wanna talk to you about the Kingdom Constitution. I want to talk to you about the word of the Lord. And the Bible said, the people I have formed for myself. The people. Somebody say the people. people. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, we the people. You want to know who the people are? We the people. You want to know who the people are that's going to see revival? We the people. You want to know the people who's going to see their children saved? You want to know the people who's going to see miracles, signs, wonders, outpouring, transformation, change, and revival in the land? Somebody shout, we the people. If you believe that you are a people of God, give the Lord a praise. All right, slip up your hands. Father, release your anointing over me today as I preach. God, I've been preparing all week long, and I know that you have spoken to me. God, we ask for during this season for you to pour revival over America from Alabama to Alaska, God, from Connecticut to California, from the East Coast to the West Coast, North and South and everything in between. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, that you chose us and we the people. If you're the people, give God a shout right now, giving praise. Before you sit down, tell everybody in your neighborhood, we the people. Yeah, we the people. Now, now listen, our nation needs to know that if they want to see real change, they want to see hope and healing released and restoration in the land, if, if somebody needs help for their children, our deliverance, our revival, we the people that can facilitate it. We the people that can host it. We the people that can see miracles, signs, and wonders. And Isaiah penned the words 2,700 years ago. God spoke through him and Isaiah said, the people I have formed for myself, they shall show forth my praise. Now I'm gonna warn you, I feel like preaching today. Now I'll have church with you or without you. I'll preach myself. I'll amen myself. I'll give my own altar call. I'll come forward myself. I'll lay hands on myself. I'll catch myself. And then I'll cover my own legs up. Come on, somebody. But how many of y'all are not gonna let me go into this word by myself? You are ready for the word? Give the Lord a shout if you're ready to learn about the kingdom today. Now, if you grew up in high school, you should have taken a civics class. And today, 
I want to do a mini kingdom civics class. Now, if I was going to define it, I made this definition up, but it made sense to me. Kingdom civics would be this. It's the study of the rights and duties of kingdom citizens. So we must understand first and foremost, we are kingdom citizens. So I was wondering, did any kingdom citizens come to church today? Where are you at? Got any kingdom citizens? So as kingdom citizens, we need to comprehend precious and understand our rights, but not only our rights, our duties as we the people. Because if we don't understand who we are and whose we are, we will never fulfill the kingdom assignment that God has given us over the earth. So real simple, as kingdom citizens, we exist to bring heaven down to earth and men back to God. I said we exist to bring heaven down to earth and men back to God. How many of you wanna be in an atmosphere where we are bringing heaven down to earth? 12 of you. I said, how many of you wanna be in an atmosphere where we are bringing heaven down to earth? Where we're bringing miracles down to earth, breakthrough down to earth. Now, that's why we exist and that is our desire. And that's what Calvary's about. It's about facilitating, precious, an atmosphere of heaven that draws people to Jesus. And I want you to understand that the overarching theme of the Bible is not a religion. It's not a denomination. Help me, Holy Spirit. It's not a philosophy or even a dogma. The overarching theme of the Bible is a kingdom with a king, and that king is Jesus. You've heard me say it before. Jesus wasn't voted on. He wasn't elected. He can't be impeached, and he will not resign. He was reigning in the beginning, and he's going to be reigning in the end. Hallelujah. Now, Understanding who we are, we are then faced as the church with the responsibility of hosting heaven and facilitating the kingdom. And what will release change in the earth and shift this perverted, lost, hate-filled culture is the manifestation of the kingdom. It's when we exalt the king and we begin to manifest the kingdom. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God, not the religion of God, not the denomination of God, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I want you to understand something here today. We are to seek not a religion, not a denomination, but we are in a kingdom. And we're not just in any kingdom, we're in the kingdom of God. And we don't have just any king. We actually have the king of kings and the Lord of lords, who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, who has never lost a battle. Now, we understand that the most powerful government is not the government of men. And how many of you know our government needs Jesus? Okay, 23 of you know it. I said, how many of you know our government needs a touch of Jesus on it? I get that. And I believe that with all my heart. But we need, to see just, we need to see beyond just political agendas. And we need to gain clarity and understand that this is a war now between two kingdoms. 
This is a war between two cultures. There is a war being waged right now between two kingdoms. It is what it has always been. It is the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of darkness. And the reason there is so much turmoil in the earth today is because there is a holy war that is going on right now between two kingdoms that are diametrically opposed to each other. There is going on at this very moment a clash of cultures. And it is literally the battle of the ages. And it's happening not only in America, but it's happening in the whole earth. And ultimately, listen very closely, it is a fight now for the very souls of our children. We are in a fight and a war for the souls of our children and our children's children. And this is a holy war. Tell everybody on your, in, on your road, this is a holy war. This is a holy war. I'm gonna say it one more time just to make sure that you didn't misunderstand what I said. I said, this is a holy war. And I'm going to say something in love, but I'm going to say it anyway and speak the truth. The church will never win this holy war unless and until we stop engaging in civil war. I said a whole lot more right there than you thought I said. I said the church will never win this holy war unless and until we stop engaging in civil war. We have had too long a kingdom that is divided. And Jesus said in Matthew 12, 25, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. I'm watching church folk and churches engage in civil war. I'm watching churches war with each other and bishops and preachers and pastors church and churches warring with each other and fighting each other while the devil cons and kidnaps a generation and we've forgotten that we all have the same king and we're all a part of the same kingdom. Where is the church of the living God that will stand up and say, I know who the real enemy is. Ask everybody in your neighborhood, do you know who the real enemy is? How many of you know that the real enemy is the devil? How many of you know that the real enemy is the kingdom of darkness? Is there anybody here that's a kingdom citizen that wants to rise up and resist the enemy, the kingdom of darkness and the devil? Here's what you've got to understand, precious. Look at me right in the eyes, young person. Hear me, mom and dad. I don't want you to miss this. The more we fight each other, the more we lose heaven's culture in America. The more we war with each other, the stronger the kingdom of darkness gets. Now I'm gonna say something very true. And I, I, I never thought I would say this, but Dawn and I just got back from taking some time off. And one of the benefits of flying so much is that I build up incredible amounts of miles. What I do every year, I take all those miles from flying to all those places pretty much every week in my life, sometimes twice a week, and I save them up and I spend them to go on vacation. <laughs> and I fly for free. Come on, somebody. So Dawn and I went on vacation. We went first to Amsterdam and spent a couple of days. Then we went to Croatia, and then we went to Italy. Now, Amsterdam is known as the most immoral city in the whole world. It's the most liberal city in the whole world. But yet, while I was in Amsterdam, I smelt no weed being smoked in the big city. Come on, somebody. I saw no pride flags. It's quiet in here. I saw none of these things that you think you would have seen in Amsterdam, the most immoral city in the world. Then we went to Croatia, saw none of that. In fact, I saw honest, good, hardworking people. I saw none of the things that we're seeing exalted in America. 
Then as we were in Croatia, we were able to take a car and drive into the edge of Italy. We went to Venice. And in Venice, I saw none of this. I saw no weed being smoked. You go to America, you, I mean, you go to New York or LA, you walk around, you're gonna get stoned. Come on, somebody, the weed is so strong. It's quiet up in here. I saw not one cross-dresser. I saw the whole of vacation, I saw not one transvestite. I saw not one pride flag. I, I smelled not one bit of marijuana. I didn't see any, y'all ain't saying nothing. And we've always said that Europe has always been the compromiser and America is more godly than Europe. But I, I hate to say it and I hate to hear it even come out of my mouth. But now America has passed Europe in immorality because the church has forgotten who the real enemy is and we've lost sight of the fact that we've got to unite now and push back the kingdom of darkness. If you're ready for, uh, to push back the kingdom of darkness with apostle, make a little noise in the room right now. So the kingdom concept, we see it all through the Bible. It starts with a king. The king is the ruler. Who's our king? What's his name? How many of you love him today? How many of you thankful for him today? So there's a king and then there's a kingdom. And the kingdom represents the influence, the culture. And God, is has called us to influence the culture. God has called us to be influencers of the culture. But then every kingdom has to have a people. And the people in the kingdom are royal citizens. Are there any royal citizens in the room? Now, what we must understand is that in America, we have a constitution, but in the kingdom, we also have a kingdom constitution. And it is called the B-I-B-L-E. The Bible is not a religious book. It is a kingdom constitution and a kingdom covenant that reveals the benefits and rights of kingdom citizens. That means there are some things that I can claim because I am a citizen of heaven. That means whatever my constitution says that I have, I have it. I have healing. The Constitution declares it. I have power. I have breakthrough. I have anointing. I have deliverance. Anybody thank God that there's a kingdom constitution? I want everybody that believes in the kingdom constitution, one, two, three, make a little noise in the room right now. <laughs> so the Bible is my kingdom constitution. It gives me the power to say, devil, you can't have my children. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. It gives you the right when the devil comes in for you to say, devil, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Hallelujah. Now, from cover to cover, throughout God's word, we see this concept of the kingdom played out all the way in Genesis 1. It says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have what? Shout it out. Dominion. So don't miss it. Dominion is the act of ruling over a domain or a territory. The Lord said, I'll put you in the earth for you to have dominion, for you to be the head and not the tail, for you to be above and not beneath, for you to realize who you are. Now watch this, a king has dominion. So in the earth, we are lowercase kings, little k-i-n-g-s, little k, serving the capital K, I-N-G. We are, we are lower place, lower, lowercase kings, but royalty nonetheless. So, so grab your neighbor's hand and say, neighbor, 
I wanted you to hold my hand because I want you to know what royalty feels like. You didn't get it. Say to that neighbor again, say neighbor. If you knew who you were sitting by, you might really get excited because royalty is on this road. I want all the people who are a chosen generation. (laughs) Come on. Royalty. Royalty. And since I am royalty, that means I reign and I have dominion. And that means the devil doesn't have the word over my life, but God has dominion over me and I have dominion over him. God has dominion over my life, so I have dominion over the enemy and every lie and every attack of the enemy. A king has dominion. We are to have dominion, you ready for this? And governmental rule in the earth. The Bible said in Psalms 115, if you don't believe me, It says, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to men. God said, I've given you the earth, and I want you to take dominion in the earth. This is the governmental plan of God. Now, the earth in the garden, how can I put it, got out of whack. Come on, y'all. When Eve ate us out of house and home, can I get a witness, somebody? The earth was out of whack when man fell in the garden. And when man fell, the government of God fell in the earth. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The enemy established the government of the of darkness, the kingdom of darkness in the earth. And when man fell, I'll say it again, the government of God fell on the earth. And Satan, sin, and his agenda had dominion. But then we read prophetically of a shift that was going to come. A change that was going to come that the government in the earth was going to shift and Satan's dominion was going to be broken and it was prophesied 700 years before Christ came to the earth and Isaiah said it like this for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the what? The what? And the government shall be upon his shoulder. It's like Jesus said, I'm coming and I got the government with me. And I'm about to shift this thing and the government of darkness and the government of Satan is going to be broken because I'm coming and I'm bringing the government on my shoulder. If you are tracking with apostle, make a little noise in here right now. So, I feel this. I'm enjoying my preaching this morning. Y'all don't know I preached this the last five days. I've been preaching to myself. Come on. But when Jesus arrived, 700 years after that prophecy, 2,000 years ago, hear Isaiah's words. The government was on his shoulders. And Jesus came to restore the government of God. And in Matthew 6.10, you understand that it's not only about a government, it's about a kingdom. The very first thing Jesus preaches is this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was like Jesus stepped up and said, now you gotta know Every demon and every devil needs to hear. 
there's a new sheriff in town. The stuff that you used to get away with, you're not gonna get away with anymore. The stuff that you used to could do, you can't do anymore because there is a new government that's being set up and I have the government on my shoulders. Now, now watch this. In the days of his temptation, remember when Jesus was taken to the garden, in the days of his temptation, the devil takes Jesus and tempts him by doing what? He offers him the kingdoms of the earth. He said, I'll make you the governor, the ruler of the kingdoms of the earth. Understand me, Jesus looked at the devil unknowing what he carried and he said, devil, basically, and I'm just paraphrasing, I'll never step down. I'll never lower myself to your standards. Jesus knew what he carried. He was the king who carried the essence of the true kingdom and he was going to set up the government of God and he knew that after his death, burial, and resurrection that this entire thing was about to shift and he he knew that the devil's kingdom was going to come to an end for people who would believe it. So watch this. There is, a, there is a message, there is a process in the way that the kingdom works. Number one, there's the message of the Father. What's the message of the Father? It's all about a king. The Father is sending a king. But watch this, the king says this in John 5, 19, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. So, so the message of the father is a king. The message of heaven is a place. Jesus said in John 6, 38, I came down from heaven a place. Watch this. I was born in Alabama, Hartford, Alabama. Now, that's in the country, y'all. But though I was born in Alabama, understand that birthing made me an American citizen. And I thank God that I'm an American citizen. And I know it's unpopular to be patriotic and to pray for your nation, but I'll tell you what, I want my nation to have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, come on. I was born in Alabama. That makes me an American citizen. But then, I was born again. And when I was born again, my American citizenship is still in place, but it's my secondary citizenship. If you think all I am is an American citizen, you don't know who I am because I am a citizen of the kingdom. I am a child of the king. Is there anybody who's a citizen of the kingdom? If that's you, make a little noise in the room. So before I'm an American citizen, I'm a kingdom citizen. If you just, if you just know me, uh, well, he's a Pentecostal. He, he's a white dude. He's a cracker. Come on, somebody. Hello. Y'all know I rap sometime, and when I rap, I call that cracker rap. Can I get a witness up in here? He, 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 he's, a, he's a Democrat. He's a Republican. He's an Independent. He's a this. He's a that. Let me tell you something. You try to label me with all that, and I want you to understand that none of that supersedes this reality in my life. Before I am anything else, if you don't know that I am a child of the living God and I am a kingdom citizen, then you don't understand who I am. Where are the kingdom citizens in the room? I'm a kingdom citizen. So, so Philippians 3.20, Paul said, for our citizenship is of heaven. So, so I'm a Christian. It affects everything I do, every decision I make. Because I make my decisions based on my eternal citizenship. So, so 
There is a message from the Father, the message of heaven, but then there's the message of the kingdom. And the message of the kingdom is the gospel. And the gospel releases kingdom influence and establishes the culture of heaven in the earth. And we do it because we're royalty. Remember what Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy what? You are a nation within a nation. You are a people within a people. Come on, church. His own special people that you may proclaim his praises of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Remind someone in the room. Just remind somebody in your neighborhood. Say, you are a child of the king. Yeah, yeah. That means you can have whatever the king says you can have. You can do whatever the king says you can do. You can possess whatever the king says you can do. Now watch this. Who, 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 who's kingdom citizens here? I want all the kingdom citizens to make a little noise. Okay, that was pretty amazing. But that was about 70% of you. I may need to give an altar call. I said, I want every kingdom citizen to make a little noise right now. I'm a kingdom citizen. I'm a, I, this, this is a kingdom thing. Not only am I a kingdom citizen, I'm raising kingdom citizens. <sighs> now, if you are a kingdom citizen, then you must realize even though I'm an American and I love my nation, ultimately, my time here is temporary. This world ain't my home. I'm a foreigner. Y'all, I said I'm a foreigner. And to be honest with you, when I see all the mess that is going on in America, I feel more like a foreigner than I've ever felt like in my entire life. I know that this world is not my home, but Peter emphasized that, and he said in 1 Peter 2.21, you are foreigners and temporary residents of this world. <laughs> but as foreigners, don't forget we are here on assignment. You say, well, what's the assignment, apostle? We're to establish the culture of the kingdom. I hope you can go with me. Ezekiel 28, 2. This is, the Lord, this is God talking to the devil. I will bring foreigners upon you. They will destroy all the possessions you worked so hard to get. Y'all, the devil doesn't even know that we are foreigners and we are here to do warfare and destroy the works of the enemy. I want every foreigner who's here to do damage to the kingdom of darkness, give God a praise right now. Y'all, I, I need to keep teaching, but can I preach a little bit? I am the devil's worst nightmare. I am a foreigner who understands who I am. I'm a child of God. I understand the Constitution. I live by the word of the Lord. I'm here to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. So how do I do that? You ready? Who's tracking with me? Wave at me if you're tracking with me. Okay, well, I loved all them young people waving at me just then. You know what? I untied my shoe again. My goodness gracious devil, you are a liar. How many of y'all know that's a good man that'll tie old apostle's shoe right there? I love you, son. Now, watch this. We're foreigners here, but we're in the earth to affect the culture. Mm. Now, let's look at culture. We're we're governmental citizens. Now, God will use us to destroy 
the agendas of satanic culture. Now all, let's go a little bit deeper. Who wants to go deeper? All throughout history, earthly kingdoms have engaged in something called, watch, colonization. When the country wanted to expand, this is what happens. The king sends a governor and the governor is tasked with two jobs. First, he shifts the mindset and the way that people think and he shifts them from the people that they were and teaches them a new culture, a new way, a different way of thinking. So when a king wants to expand his influence, he doesn't change the place that he lives, but he sends governmental citizens that will expand his influence. And I'm going to tell you that if you want to go to a cute little church that ain't affecting nobody, you're in the wrong house on the wrong day, on the wrong Sunday with the wrong man. I am here to expand the kingdom. I am here to expand the influence of Jesus. Good God Almighty. If you want to expand the influence of Jesus, give God a praise in here right now. You hang out with me long enough, I might change the way you think. I've been going to this place, just in case, he, I'm not trying to embarrass you if you're watching, but this young man, he, uh, it's a, they stretch you. I'm talking about stretch your legs and all, I'm getting stretched. Because when you get old, you kind of, honey, you need that, come on. I, it, anybody over 50 ever get stove up? Come on. So they, he stretches me out. And he told me the last time, he said, I'll be honest with you. There's something about you. I don't know what it is, but when you talk, it's just different. You just make me feel different. Just something about you. He don't know that I'm carrying the kingdom culture with me. Hey. He don't know. He don't know what I carry. Baby, they get around you and addiction will break off of them. They get around you, confusion will break off of them because you are a king's governmental representatives. Now, who wants to go deeper? Do you want to go deeper? Say, let's go. Okay, the modern definition of culture is behavior. It's a way of a society. How many of you know America is in trouble? Come on now, let's don't be naive. Including its art. Have you seen some of the filthy art? Its manners, its fashion, its morality, its language, its music, and more. And we are certainly called as believers to influence this culture. But I want you to understand the ancient biblical definition of culture. The ancient biblical term for culture means dirt. It means care for the dirt. It means to sow in to the dirt. It means to fill the dirt with seed, help me Holy Spirit, that expands. So when God wanted to expand his influence, and colonized the earth when he wanted to bring heaven to earth. When God got ready to make a man, he reached down into the culture, y'all. He reached down into the dirt and he formed a man and he pulled up a man. And then what did he do? He breathed his Holy Spirit into him. So when God reached into the dirt, into the culture, he wasn't just pulling up a man, he was pulling up a culture carrier. Good God Almighty. And you know what he did? He breathed his governor into that man. When he pulled that man, the culture, the dirt, when he pulled that culture carrier, out of the dirt, he breathed his governor into that man. 
He made that man, he gave him the ability to have dominion. He breathed his governor into that man. And if you know anything about governors, governors always live in a governor's mansion. You may not know it, but you, dear heart, are a governor's mansion. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And that means you have the governor living in you. And what we need to enforce, brothers and sisters, is the culture of heavens. That means if the governor is inside of us and we truly rise in heaven's kingdom culture and we want to establish kingdom culture, that means in this culture, racism is unacceptable. I better say that again. I said in this culture, you can't hate white people, you can't hate black people, you, it's unacceptable, you can't hate Hispanics. In this culture, we don't ignore the needy. It's quiet in here now. In this culture, we care about the widows and the orphans. In this culture, we care about the most vulnerable among us. It means, it means that life is precious from the womb to the tomb, from the nursery to the nursing home. It means we consult the kingdom constitution for everything that we do and we live our lives by that constitution, which is the Bible. And I'm going to be honest with you. We have allowed too much of our influence to be stolen in our nation. We have allowed the enemy to rob the influence of the church, the real church, in the nation. And we surrendered too much to the kingdom of darkness. In years gone by, we have allowed slavery, we've allowed prejudice, we've allowed unrighteousness and satanic agendas to exist and, and there are times when this was going on and kingdom people said nothing. We allowed the, 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 the devaluing of life in the womb. We've allowed hell's agenda. We've allowed the kingdom of heaven too much sway. And it has done everything it can to do everything it can, to take everything it can in this nation, starting with our children. Shame on Disney. Shame on Nickelodeon. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm gonna preach. Shame on Peppa Pig. Come on. When you're trying to indoctrinate a three-year-old and tell them that, 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 that there are many, many genders and, and, and marriage is not between a man and a woman. Listen, I, leave them alone. Don't talk to them about sex. Don't talk to them about stuff like this. They're three years old. Leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Don't, don't talk to them about sex. Don't confuse them. Good God Almighty. When, when, you, when, you, when you got Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, the last Scooby-Doo in the fall, Thelma came out as a lesbian. I've watched Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Where are you? Ready and you're willing. We can count on you, Scooby-Doo. We know you'll catch that villain. Come on, somebody. I never even knew if Fred and, what's her name, Daphne. I never even knew if they were really a couple. But now you gotta have Thelma come out. As a, as a lesbian, the devil is a liar. Now we've got Peppa Pig and two-year-olds are seeing same-sex relationships. Leave them alone. Take your hands off of them. We don't hate nobody, but leave it. And you say, well, Apostle, why do you talk about this? Because the devil has brought the battle to the forefront. And if he wants to fight, let's fight. But you ain't having my children. How many of you got children or grandchildren? You're gonna let the devil know you ain't having my family. I want everybody who will make that declaration, make a little noise right now. You can't have my daughter. You can't have my son. 
So recently, the courts ruled in favor of a, of a man who owned a business, his own private business, and this man was a graphic arts designer who, because of his religious convictions, did not want to design for same-sex marriages. And I say, thank God that they ruled in favor of this guy. I don't agree with everything that happens, but I'm thankful for that because I understand that, that there are those of you in this room who would say, apostle, this ain't no big deal. This is their right. This man should be forced to design for them. And the media reported it like this. The LGBTQ plus groups now are less protected. My question is, what about that man's rights? Y'all ain't saying nothing now, I must have hit a nerve. What about his rights? And here you say, well, apostle, it ain't no big deal. Really, it's not. Because if they start forcing things like this, the problem is too many church folks are sounding like the world. And they're saying it ain't no big deal, apostle. It's not a problem. The reality is, let me, let me tell you the, pre- the path that this puts us on. Church folk are sounding so much like the kingdom of darkness, more like the kingdom of darkness than the kingdom of light. And the path that this puts us on, precious, is a place where if a business is required to facilitate this agenda, the next step will be that the church will be expected to perform their weddings and they'll come in here and demand it of me. But you know what I got to say? I love everybody, but no way, Jose. You'll say, well, we'll take your tax exempt. Come and get it. Come and get it. Come and get it. The next step will be our Christ-centered schools will be expected to hire drag queens as teachers. We are already having drag queen story time in public libraries. It is time for the church to stand up and say, devil, you are a liar. You can't have our children. You can't, you, listen. Listen, where's the church? Where are the culture carriers? Some of y'all are just saying, I wish he would finish. No, I'm still going. We don't hate anybody. I love you. We don't hate anybody. We're just citizens of another kingdom. I want all the citizens of another kingdom. Let me hear from you right now if you're a citizen of another kingdom. I'm a foreigner. So, so, so get, catch this. Hell understands the assignment. Does the church. We are kingdom citizens. So as kingdom citizens, we are governed by the laws of the kingdom first. And anytime man's law transgresses the laws of the kingdom, we echo the words of Peter in Acts 5.29 and we say it is better to obey God than it is to obey men. Well, since I'm on the nerve, I'm gonna go all the way in, okay? Recently I heard with my own ears, and I won't take time to play it, a video at an LB. LGBTQ plus gay pride march in New York City. I'm not gonna play the video, you can find it, see it for yourself. And they were shouting, the drag queens were shouting, we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. There were children at these parades and they saw nudity, including full breast, buttocks, and nudity. Recently at the LA Dodgers, they allowed drag queen nuns to come to the game and perform. And, all, and these nuns hate the church and made a mockery of the church. But we can't pray at a high school football game? Oh, I wish I could find somebody to talk to. Target. Oh, I'm going to go there. 
Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, I love him. Come on. Just make me feel better. You got Target designing transgender shirts for toddlers. What is going on? And, and, and when I heard, we're coming for your children. And you know what I have to say about that? No, you ain't. You, you're not coming for our children because we ain't going to allow it. You ain't coming for my children. You're not, just tell your neighbor, he ain't coming for my children. He ain't coming for my grandchildren. Why? Because our children are citizens of another kingdom. The blood of Jesus covers our children. Our children are protected by prayer. The Holy Spirit lives in our children and our children are governed by the law of the kingdom. Good God Almighty. Our children are washed in the blood of Jesus. Our children are taught who is the way, the truth, and the life. And if your child goes to CCA, that's what they're gonna get. They're gonna get reading, writing, arithmetic, and Jesus. Come on, somebody. And even though our children are taught to hate sin and that never lower their kingdom standards, know that we will protect them and we will shelter them from all hell's agenda at all costs. However, we are still teaching them the Jesus way. That means they're going to love all people no matter what their struggle is. They're going to love all people with all their issues, including you. We, let me speak to everybody who's bound up in that lifestyle. Our children are going to love all people, including you. We will never teach our children to hate us or to hate you the way so many of you have taught them to hate us. We're going to love you. And listen, here's what I want you to understand. I say this in love. You're not coming for our children. We're coming for you. We love you. We love you. We're coming to you with grace. We're coming to you with deliverance. We're coming to you with love, hope, joy, healing, compassion, salvation, and a brand new life. We're coming for you. And here's what I want you to know. We're not just coming for you. We're coming for you, and we're bringing the kingdom with us. Hallelujah. We're bringing a new culture with us. Somebody shout if you're ready to bring the kingdom to a lost and dying world. Be seated. We're coming for you with love, compassion. And see, we have become so politically correct that we've forgotten who we are as kingdom people. Who can battle the kingdom of darkness and take this kind of stand? I'll tell you who. Isaiah 43, 21 says, the people I have formed for myself. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, we the people. Guess what? If you want to know who hates racism, we the people. If you want to know who hates prejudice, tell everybody in your neighborhood, we the people. If you want to know who hates the shedding of innocent blood, we the people. If you want to know who hates the agenda of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy, we the people. We the people. If the world is ever to see hope and power and breakthrough and love and deliverance and joy unspeakable and direction and healing and help raising their children and freedom from addiction and a brand new beginning. It's going to require us to be the people who facilitate the agenda of the kingdom. 
Now, if you have sat here or you're watching online and you've heard a message in anything I said that's filled with hate, then you haven't been listening to me, number one. And number two, you don't know me like that. Because our whole message is built on love. And I'm going to tell you this. You say, well, apostle, every so often you just preach about this. I have to do it because the enemy has brought the fight to us. I, I have to do it. And I'm going to tell you that when God created man, he created us to be culture carriers, remember? So we're going to carry either the culture of heaven or the culture of of darkness. But understand this, he also made us in his image. Now, trying to land this plane, but this is important. God is sovereign. It's two words, Saba reign. That means he makes his own decisions. Who will tell the Lord what to do? He's sovereign. We are made in his image. So, a sovereign God will make a sovereign man. What does that mean? That means that every day you have the opportunity to make decisions in your life. God said, I made you like me. And the truth is, look at me, mom. Not everybody is going to serve the Lord. Not everybody is going to follow Jesus. And if you're bound by any lifestyle that's in contradiction to the kingdom, I'm going to tell you that I, d I could never hate you because I would be walking in contradiction to the kingdom. That's not the Jesus style. But what I cannot do and what I will never do, it's compromise the standard of the kingdom for the sake of being popular are accepted by agendas of hell. And I guess what I'm looking for, we have thousands of people who are just in our local campuses, between four and 5,000 people on a Sunday morning will worship in our campuses, our local campuses. And, and what I'm looking for is not just a big church. I'm looking for people who will carry the culture of the kingdom. Now, Isaiah 43 said, these people I have formed for myself. Tell everybody, we the people. They shall show forth my praise. So I took some time. And I just sat with the original the text of the Hebrew. And as best I could, I tried to exhaust that text, that scripture from the Hebrew. And that scripture would be this, the people, these unusual and particular people, such a people I have formed fashioned and squoze into shape for a purpose. These people shall show forth, be counted, numbered, and identified as those. I need some help back here. I need some help back here. Shall show forth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading it again because I don't want you to miss it. The people, these unusual and particular people, such a people. Anybody want to be such a people? Yes. Such a people I have formed and fashioned and squoze into shape for a purpose. Shall show forth, be counted, numbered, and identified as those who recount, rehearse, and declare exactly and accurately, my tequila, my very unashamed, grateful, and public praise.
if that's who you are. Get on your feet right now and give God a praise. If that's who you are. If you don't mind giving him glory. I said, if you don't mind, give him glory. I said, if you want to be that people, open up your mouth and give God praise. I want you to look at somebody beside of you and just say, hey, neighbor. You can just stand there if you'd like. But I need to bring God a very public praise. If that's you, do it right now. Do it right now. Okay. I'm going to ask nobody to walk out, nobody to move for the last two minutes of this service. I want you to look at me. The Constitution starts like this. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, Ultimately, that's what we're after, a more perfect union with Jesus. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here and you'd say, Apostle, there's things in my life that keep me from God. There's things in my life that separate me from Him, and I just need to know that He loves me. I've got sin in my life. When you pray, Apostle, pray for me. If you're not where you need to be with God, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Pray for me, Apostle. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. One. Pray for me, Apostle. I want to get everything underneath the blood today. Two. Apostle, I want to be in a right relationship with Him. I want to be a kingdom citizen. If you're not where you need to be with God, slip up your hand right now. Three. Pray for me, Apostle. I'm not where I need to be. Hold it up right now. I got some things I ought to get under the blood today. Hands are being raised in every section. Pray for me, Apostle. I want, to, I want to operate as a kingdom citizen. There's sin in my life, and I need to get it under the blood. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. Five, four, hands are still being raised. Three, two, one. If you raise your hand up, keep it up. If you're ready for a real change, and you want to operate as a kingdom citizen in the earth, I want you to come right here to the front and let me pray with you. If you raise your hand, come right now. Somebody next to you raised their hand. They're unwilling to come or scared to come. Just take it by the hand and bring them with you. Come on. Look here. Look at Jesus. Come on. Sing, court. Come on. Here they come. Shout Jesus from Some of you are renewing your kingdom citizenship. Some of you are becoming a kingdom citizen for the first time. You by live stream do the same. Pray this prayer after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, 
forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart and wash it clean in your precious blood. I need a new start. I need a new beginning. I want to be everything you've called me to be. I want to change the culture through my love and your goodness and my witness. I give myself to you in Jesus' name. I want all the altar workers to reach over and lay hands on those right there that are in front of you. Everybody else, raise up your hands. Now, tomorrow is July 3rd, and we're going to celebrate our nation. But I want you to hold your hands up right now, and I want you to join me in praying for our nation. Father, we pray for America. We pray, God, that you would shed your love and your light in America. We pray, God, that the church would rise up. Lord, red and yellow and black and white, different denominations and cultures would unite and be kingdom. God, let your anointing and your spirit guide and govern your people. I declare, Lord, as your people walk out of here, that they walk out of here as kingdom culture carriers. Use them for your glory. Somebody raise your hands and say, we the people. Lord, if you want to pour your spirit out, we the people. If you want to use anybody, we the people. If you've got, you got an agenda in the earth, we the people. Now, if you love the Lord, come on and give him the ovation of the morning. I love you so much. I'll meet you in the back if you're my guest. Pastor Courtney's going to sing a little bit. We're going to pray for these folks that are in the altars. God bless you. Hope to see you Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can visit calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.